When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilali. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. Welcome along to episode number 85 of the Bitterhead Supporters Trust podcast, back for another week. And this week, I am delighted to be joined by Donald Kelly. Donald, how are you? Very good, Ronan, thank you. Sean Dunn, how's things? All good, Ronan. Connor Lynch, what is the crack? All good, Ronan, thanks a million, yeah, all good. David McGee, what's up? I'm very good, Ronan, thank you very much. And Jerry O'Connor. You left the best to last. Yeah, I'm all good. <laughs> all good. Good man, Ronan. So this week, we will look back on Friday's game against UCD. We will give away two cases of the White Hag from the game against UCD. We'll hear your shouts from the shed end. We'll talk to women's team striker Emma Doherty ahead of the season opener against Shams on a Saturday evening. We will also hear from Drogheda fan. Luke McQuillan ahead of the game against Strahd on Friday night. We'll also look ahead to that game and also touch on the Pats game, which will be taking place on Monday. So first of all, lads, we'll go back to Friday night, the game against UCD. Uh, I'll start with yourself, Donald. It was the first three points of the season and it was, uh, I suppose it was great to get the win, but it was, it was a great game too. Well, it was an entertaining game, Ronan. Uh, probably a bit too entertaining, but um, yeah, great three points. Like UCD have been a bogey team for us last season, and uh, I thought our performance in general was was very very good, and we're well worth three points. Um, but just probably conceded a couple of soft opportunities, and UCD capitalised them. But yeah, good three points and a good steady start to the season. And Sean, I suppose falling behind twice. I suppose we can search on first of all the first the first goal. Um, goal from Alex Nolan for your UCD. I suppose there's been kind of debates, but I suppose online and offline of whether the ball should have been should have been cleared properly, or you know, ball came in back from Ana Clancy. But I suppose you know it was disappointing to concede the first goal of the game the way we did. Careful now, Sean, because Donald's going to get upset. I know. Well, Donald's got his Ana Clancy pajamas on there now. <laughs> I just like to wish uh, Ana Clancy on the Sunday evening a very happy birthday. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Absolutely, yeah. Um, no, look, in all seriousness, um, no, look, look, Aina had a bad moment. It's simple as that. It, it happens. Um, that pitch was an absolute disgrace. It didn't help him in any way, shape or form. Ball goes over. It bobble, it's from his first touch. It bobbles on his first touch. And he's kind of panicking after that. He, he, he leaves his pass short back to McNicholas. McNicholas can't come and do much about it. He's going to clean your man over for a penalty. But it's... It's the second part that actually annoys me a wee bit more in the in the whole goal is Ian actually has a chance where he's probably trying to be a little bit too honest and you know going to block the cross, whereas he probably should just admit the face, foul your man and get back and defend the free kick, give yourself a better chance. 
but that's an experience thing as well. The lad's only nine, what he's nineteen, just nineteen today. These things will happen in football. You know, it's not the end of the world. What impressed me more is his performance after that. It didn't phase him. It didn't phase him whatsoever. And that's all you have to take all you have to take from that really. Mistakes happen, they'll happen to the best players in the world. It's frustrating, but we'll get on with it. We had opportunities after that. But look, you know, the two goals we give away really and truly were four, but um it's it's how we responded after each is the big takeaway from from the game. Because even once we go we go one 0 down, and it's so early on, and it's so frustrating in the game that I suppose everyone's expecting us to win and probably dominate from the world goal. We didn't let our heads drop. No, there wasn't anyone screaming or shouting at anyone for making the mistakes. It was just get on with your job again. The exact same as what we done against Shamrock Rovers when we conceded. Right, hit the reset button, start the game. Just get on what the game plan was. Get on with our job and get back at it. And we went on and we dominated the rest of the half, and we were unlucky. Not to be probably winning going in at, at half time. But um no, just look, obviously everyone wants to get their, their two cents in here on the first goal, but that's my takeaway on that one anyway. You give me a right, right to reply there, Sean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if just 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 on the first goal for me, I just thought uh, Luke should have clean man and ball. I I just he hesitated. The ball was there. It looked to me to be a fifty fifty ball. I would much rather see Luke just fucking clean everything out in front of him and uh and uh solve whatever the 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 short back pass but anyway look that's uh but the fact Donald the fact that it was a short back pass like if if it was a let's say if, if that ball was a heavy touch from uh an incoming striker uh Luke would probably I would I would say he would have been quicker to attack the ball so to speak but like I'm trying to there's the fact that it was a it was a short back pass kind of mitigates slightly because you're you're straight away you've got a little bit of <clears throat> thinking to do. Well, first of all, you're like shit. This this ball is short. You know, it's it's just slightly different than if it was a heavy touch. I understand. I understand what you're saying, Connor. Right, but for me, like you, you said the word think. There should be no thinking. The 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 object there for the keeper is if you're thinking, you're it's milliseconds that you're losing there. It's a 50-50 ball. It, uh, even if it was 60-40 to the, to the attacker, to me, the keeper always gets the benefit of the doubt. So the keeper has to clear the ball. If Once he makes contact with the ball, he's worst case scenario is getting a free out and, and that's it. Mission solved. Um, but no, uh, to me, I, I think Luke should have, obviously it was, uh, the, he, it was a poor back pass. There wasn't enough weight in the ball, obviously. But to me, it was a 50-50 ball and I thought Luke should have done better there, personally. I think though as well as you know, look, we are making mistakes, but we're getting away with it, which is the main thing. Um, so like you know, the likes of Shamrock Rovers are making mistakes through disciplinary um reasons, and and they're not getting away with it. So I suppose for the likes of Anna, the likes of Luke, and even maybe for the second goal where we're kind of caught high up the pitch in terms of the right back position, where they're looking to pop it in behind. These are all things that you know you don't always get the chance. To, to learn from and, and get away with. So for me, that's a huge positive. Um, you know, I think the lads will only learn from that and we'll be cuter going going forward. And I suppose the lads mentioned the response there, David. Um, how impressed were you that, I suppose, as the, like Sean said there, there was no one that was bollocking, there was no one giving out. It just remained calm. And the fact that, like, you know, Matt had got his goal, but the ball in behind from Frank, you know, 
it all kind of came from calmness on possession and just we got the goal and that settled things down even more. Yeah, I mean, we dominated the game pretty much from start to finish. Look, fair play to UCD. You give credit where it's due. They punished us for our defensive errors. You know, that's going to happen at the top level of football in this country. But yeah, in terms of how, how we dealt with it, there was no panic. There was no effing and blinding. There was nobody, you know, bollocking anybody out of it. There was no panic. There was no panic button pressed. Especially, look, we, we conceded two early goals in either half. But the message and credit to John Russell and, and the way he set up his team is to play. Let's relax and let's keep doing our job. Let's keep going about how our plan is and our results will come. And ultimately, that did come. We kept playing football. We kept getting in the right positions. You know, we kept working on our patterns and getting in behind. In the first half, especially, the ball in behind, which was great to see that we were trying to break the lines every time. Maybe a little bit, in my opinion, rushed because we had conceded that early goal and we, and we knew we were the better side and we needed to get back on terms a little bit earlier. But... We we kept we kept going. We kept we kept sticking to the plan, and that's just a, that's not just in terms of how we we kept playing, but it's a mentality thing as well. Not just for young Aina, who yes made a mistake early on, but he kept having the willingness to get on the ball and try and play. And he and he played a few beautiful passes diagonally out to the left hand side to Wilfred Sturrell, who at times then cut inside or and left Hutchison to get on beyond him. But the whole team, you know, there was there was no panic, as I said. And they just kept playing to what the manager and then the backroom staff had them set up to do. And we went on and, and dominated the rest of the half and the rest of the game. And then we got our just rewards for it. Yes, look, we'll, we'll address the elephant in the room. It was a questionable penalty. And I'm being very, very kind here, this, this the second one. But we kept playing and we kept playing and we were the better side. So you look, credit to the lads and, and to the manager for, for instilling that mentality and belief in them to not drop the heads just keep going. And ultimately, we ended up coming away from a tricky place. You know, UCD, they're never more than maybe sixth or seventh to eighth in the table. They're always a sticky place, especially for ourselves last season, to go and get three points. And ultimately, that's, that's what we've done. So, you know, I have to credit the lads and, and John Russell and the management team for that, 100%. What are you on about a questionable penalty? Well, you know, just <laughs> it, was, it was an absolutely clear cut. <laughs> Where, know, where, where, he, where he landed to where the tackle was made, <laughs> we, we might say. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do an Arsene Wenger and say I didn't. I didn't see that bit. <laughs> but you know what? I seen loads of fans um, saying it was a joke of the decision, and you know what was the referee at and blah 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 blah. But my God, the amount of decisions that go against us surely were kind of we deserve one or two of those over the the course of uh, a century. So look, I'll take it all day long. Um, well, look, we just we just don't wall Jerry against Shams not given. Yeah, Paramount. exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, you know, take it and move on. And you, need, but at the, I suppose on the other side of that as well, you know, uh, David, like you know, you were saying that we um, we kind of control the game and we control possession and things like that. We made a lot of chances. So the more chances you're going to make, the more opportunity you're going to get. You know, to have a penalty. So uh, good teams create chances. Good teams get penalties. Hundred percent. Completely agree. Look, the, the the intricate football that we played, the the ball came forward, a um, little bit of a bit of a passage in a triangle in midfield, came out to Levac. He slipped Max in down the down the right hand side. Obviously, we all know Max is left footed. He cut inside and, and had a really really neat finish. When I expected him to go across the goalkeeper, and done everybody, including myself, when he slotted it in that little that little uh, the bottom left hand side or the, the bottom left for the keeper. 
um, and our eye looking on the cameras. It was a great finish and and fair play to Max because I know we were all we were all looking at him to be a little bit more clinical and a little bit more direct and and to be the finisher that we all I think it's fair to say believe that he can be, and he took that goal really really well, and that was a that was a result of some really nice intricate football. Sean and, and Sean again, and Connor didn't believe that though. Couldn't believe what. <laughs> <laughs> that he'd be a clinical finisher. Yeah, but you know what? You know what I was most impressed about? I'm only messing. About Mata, in, particularly in the UCD game, was the variety of ball that he was he was working with. And obviously, as David had said, the the Levac uh, link-up and the resulting goal was brilliant. Uh, but like, you know, there was crosses coming in from wide and he was making himself a uh, target there. Um, you know, he, he's really flexible in... The type of ball that can go to him, which is exactly what we need if we're going to try and keep the opposition guessing. I suppose that was that was something that really stood out to me about him. And you know, hopefully, he was he, like he was also he was always in um, in Keena's shadow. And you know, hopefully, we see and no better. Like hopefully, we see him push on. And but to get three goals in a game with that so early in the season is just. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better um, better start to the season for him. You know, and that first goal as well, like, you know, you go back to Russell when he was chatting to us before the season started and about his style of play, you know, aggressive, high energy, quick moving football. That first goal is everything about that. It starts, you know, Browning and Levac harass the, the UCD player on the ball. He gives away possession and then Levac, he's on it and it's one touch straight into Barlow. Barlow's one touch straight on the return to Levac. I think Levac has two touches of the ball and it's in at Matt's feet. And in behind, like you you can't deal with that. If you're moving the ball around like that, teams are going to struggle because the movement then is perfect. And as Connor says as well, you know, for Max Matter, the way the way he makes that run in behind the center halves and just into that space where Levac's playing the ball, it's absolutely superb. Like he he gives himself that time and space with the runs, and then his touches, as David says, shifting it from right to left. You know, it's exceptional striker striker work. Like you know. It, I suppose I probably didn't think he had that in his locker that much, but I think as Connor made a great point there that you know probably been in Kane's shadow a little bit. He stepped out now and now he is the main man. Maybe right, he's not wearing a number nine jersey, but he is the main man, the main number nine. And I think you're seeing that because his confidence throughout that game is it's incredible. Like myself, Donald had a bit of an argument about the first goal, the first dis- or the disallowed goal. Like kind of that, there's millimeters in in that, even though Donald did come around to agree with me that. I was right, saying that he was outside. <laughs> but but uh, on another night, he could have four goals, like you know, and that's oh, that, absolutely that's, yeah. That's an exceptional game of football, like, you know. Yeah, but again, like he's playing up top on his own, and he's ragdolling center halves. They don't know what to do with him. You know, he's dragging them left, right, and center. He's he's all over the place. But what I'm so impressed with is he chases dead balls. He doesn't give up on anything. He will make a run for any, like even. I don't want to go too far ahead of us, but for the, for our penalty, the first penalty that we win from Hartman, that comes from, it's a ball in from Pineacker and Max chases it down, wins it, and it basically wins it on the touchline and just plays a lovely little pass back to Hartman that allows Hartman to play into the box. And then he chips it up, obviously hits your man in the hand, stonewall penalty. But again, it's coming from Max working hard and working hard for the team, but being creative when he's on the ball. I can't really... Remember too many times in the game where he actually gives away the ball. He's very intelligent on the ball. He's similar enough to the the Shamrock Rovers performance. Um, and the other thing I'd say about it as well, like if we if you signed 
say Matt is signed in the preseason, you'd never seen him play playing before, right? And after the two performances that he put on, you'd be like, "Oh my god, who the, who have we signed? This guy is unbelievable." Yeah, do you know that kind of way? Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. Which is which is unbelievable. Like he's like a he's like a brand new player, and um, you know he's obviously worked a lot in in preseason in terms of you know physicality and touch and things like that. Like where. He, you know, one of the biggest criticisms that we would have had of, of him in the past was that, you know, his his the ball was bouncing off him. He wasn't taking it in and 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 uh, laying it off and things like that. But you know, he is now. He's just he's he's the full package. Like in fairness to him, and you know, along may it continue, and there's no reason why not. You know, you could be it could be in a situation here. Sorry, Ronald. Just just a matter is a like we had it before with Owen Doyle. Owen Doyle yeah. was there and he was playing right midfield and stuff like that. And, you know, people were like, yeah, Doyle, a good player, decent player, can do a job for you. Then all of a sudden, he became the main man. And he was the one who says, right, we're relying on you now. And he stepped up to the plate tenfold. So you could be looking at a situation again here. We were giving matter, peace to the kingdom. There you go. You're the main man. You're the number nine. And here... Yeah. I mean, I know, I know everybody gets carried away when a striker scores a hat trick, but like aside from the goals, like his performance was was exceptional, um, and I, you know, everybody's out, you know, when you're watching football on TV and someone gets a goal off their arse and the the, the co-commenter gives him the the man of the match because he got the most important goal or he got the goal, but like with Max Mata, like his all all round play aside from the the hat trick was just so so good and so. So enjoyable to watch, and I think like himself and o- Olaf Fabi as uh, Bowes are definitely the two standard strikers in the league this year at the moment. So, uh, and in the same mold of player as well, Jerry. What's that, Sean? In the same mold of player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Player of unpredictability about him as well. I think because, well, judging from the from the UCD game, he was he was trying to get in behind, and then he was he was holding it up, and then he was yeah. laying it off, and he was spinning. You know, it was. A complete enough performance. Yes, he scored two penalties. Fantastic, and he and he scored another. This first one was a cracking goal, but you didn't know what he was going to do. Was he going to come short and take a touch and let others get beyond him, or was he going to go on? Was he going to be the lead man, the, the front man, and people going to fill in behind him? He was really, really good in that aspect, and and like that, watching the game a second time, it was just a case of Jesus. He is just, he, he seems to be embracing that responsibility of being the the main man, as Sean said, not in the number nine shirt, but being the the first choice striker at the minute and it's Stefan's Stefan's job to try and oust him out of it, which is look, it's great for competition. But he's doing stuff that like as you mentioned there, David, is defenders don't know what to do with him. Like, is he gonna go in behind me? Is he gonna lean up against me? It's kinda like he knows himself probably what he's gonna do, but I suppose that it's all about making the defender guess half the time. And I suppose that's what that's what drew the penalty if we can go on to that, lads, like that the defenders are jeez, oh, where's 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 Matt gone? Like next thing you know it's a, it's a penalty and He's quite unassuming too in terms of his stature. Yes, we know he's a big, tall, rangy guy, but he's very, very physical. You know, he's he's not like he's not built like a brick shit house, but he's he's a big, tall, you know, rangy guy, wiry guy, and and he's a lot stronger than he looks. And he can move. And as he said like he last can... week against Shams, he bullied the two defenders off the ball like they weren't even there. And, I was talking yeah, to credit to him because we all want him to be but that bit more clinical, and he's he's definitely done it against UCD. So fair play to Max. But it just shows as well, though, um, I suppose, like, you know, playing men's football. Like, you know, Max could still be in New Zealand and maybe not playing to a really, really high level. Where, you know, where he's come in here, he got half, you know, he got last season under his belt. 
and now he's the the main man. He's really, really thriving. So you know, I think as a, as a club, that's a really, really um, big selling point for to to attract players in that we give them the platform to um, come in and progress their careers, and and they're given that opportunity. So you know, like we've had, you go back, you had Kenny gets to move to Celtic. You've got Keena gets to move to Cheltenham. You know, Max, if he keeps going on the way he is, like there's going to be, you know, uh, Gary Rogers will have to be locked out of the showgrounds or whoever the case is looking after him. So, you know, he's, he's it's, it's, it's you know, it's such a great opportunity and such a great platform and such a big selling point for the club. So, And, and also from the club's point of view, the fact that uh, Radoslavovic, uh, Bogdan, uh, you know, there's there's competition. There's, a, there's attacking players there who we haven't really seen yet. So you have to. So there's there's also that that's, I'd say, in the back of well everybody's mind in the squad now that we have, fingers crossed, quality there to, to keep driving the standards because that's that'll be key, like you know. But but the whole in fairness, like I I know you're kind of singling out Max Mada, but like the whole attack and play of the team, even yeah. the 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 full backs have been excellent. Like Mada's going to get an awful lot of chance this season, and I, I don't think. It's not just solely down to him. I just think like there's there's so many kind of intricate movements and um, like there's willer there, the full backs are willing to kind of bomb on and uh, kind of create space, pull fellas out of position and stuff like that. There's there's a lot of moving parts to to, to what we're doing and it's it's just working for us at the moment. So it's it's exciting to see and as you say, Connor, like there's still more to come. Like we still have a couple of players that that haven't kind of fully featured yet. So like for me, I think there's there's plenty to look forward to, but. Uh, Max is a bit of a catalyst that's kind of, I suppose, just linking a lot of that together. But yeah, no happy days. And go back to the lads, certain parts of the game, like the UCD went 2 1 ahead in the start of the second half. It was down that right hand side, Sean. Yeah, we're, we're, we're caught badly. We are, we're caught, we're caught very badly. And back is too high. Like it's a, it's a lump ball down into that channel. Like there's no style to it or anything. There's no style or grace. Or, you can say, oh, it's, it's a brilliantly work goal from UCD. It's not. They, they had that in their locker all night. It was just punting these balls into the channels because obviously, look, Myler done his homework on the first game. He's seen that our fullbacks play high, so try and hit him behind him and see can you get on, get onto a run and ball in behind. That's fine. You know, you, you can't knock a thing for trying something, but we it should. Was our, it was our ball out, John. I, I remember just, just before the ball, it, it was our ball out. It, it was Nathan sitting beside me and he says, such a knuckle, it was a knuckle, a knuckle ball of a pass. It was basically. Oh, it was just it was a it was a I know like a, like a cannonball uh, hit into hit up I don't know who it was was Matt or one that might have been Barrow maybe not too sure anyway there's no he had no hope of control on the ball but just kind of coughed up possession straight away back to UCD yeah the uh, Banflick was 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 obviously looking to kind of was push on and then that created space at the back they as you say hoofed the ball over over the top and then that's it they were they were in like but it was the poor ball out that caused the the, the caused the, the absolutely. Ball. And it was originally they just played a ball across, and I think it's actually I think it's actually Jack Keeney that plays the ball in behind, and um, but is it? And um, is too high, but the the, weeping, the annoying part of me, and just needs to be a little bit more organisation between the two of them. Was Nando actually goes over to make the challenge? So Nando goes across Clancy. Well, you should that should never happen with your centre halves. Your centre halves should never be crossing over each other like that. One goes, the other stays, and they have to communicate properly. Um, as Nando goes by him, that take Clan- that takes Clancy's um eye off the runner. So the runner is in behind Clancy, 
he doesn't see him and he's just left there to have an open pop of goal, basically. And that's really, really poor defending all around. Like, it's a mess all around. And Hutchison, obviously, look, he's not in tight enough. You can't blame him on that. But the three boys there, they've had a nightmare between them. And yeah. that's panicky. That's, that can't happen. Look, at that. it didn't happen against Shams, really. It didn't happen much throughout the game in UCD. But you can't have moments like that. You've got to be more mature. You've got to be more switch that you can't just go chasing balls wildly yeah I think you're bang on the money there Sean 100% but I suppose look as you said earlier on you know we made you, you, the mistakes we made were, were quite clear Um, but at the same time too we got away with it and we've got time to work on it and time to learn from it so that's you know I would take that positive from the game you know Um, sometimes you look we could have coasted through that game 3-0 another day like we did at the end of last season we mightn't have learned anything from it. You know, right, it was kind of a lot of hairy, well, a few hairy moments. And, but we got away with it. I think we'll learn from it. We'll uh, be better for it. And we got the three points. So, do you know, so it's, it, it's, it's. I suppose you, you have to be trying to take the, the positives. And I know I know that's not what you're saying, but, you know, uh, we'll learn from it. And if we can touch on the bench, lads, I suppose it's, once again, the impact of the subs. Hartman and Radoslavich came on this week again, David, but certainly they made a, a massive impact on the game. Yeah, again, look, we didn't get to see a lot of them, but I think Hartman showed flashes of brilliance in the time we did see him on the pitch. Um, he was very direct, looked to use the ball very, very well and got in behind him and eventually won that penalty. So, you know, credit where it's due there. Russell's changes, again, they're not just for the sake of giving fellas so they've, they've got a good hour or 70 minutes under their belt let's just get a few bodies in you know there's there's a plan there and and he's seeing how the game's developing and where we can actually get players in who can go and change a game and ultimately that's what it did um, Radoslojevic if I've said that correctly hopefully I have maybe should have been a little bit further forward and got a tap in after Will went from uh, from left to right um, and flashed one across the goal but yeah, look, there were positive substitutions um, in a game that, again, that we, we did dominate and, and he felt that we could get more out of uh, job done with three too. But he, he made he looked to make a positive change um, and, I, and I think ultimately, look, they, they did cause problems to game changers. Stefan looked, looked very, very good. Um, I know he came in very late in the in the window and it's only, what is he played the last preseason friendly and played a, a cameo role against Shams. But I, I thought he was quite decent. He was neat and tidy on the ball again against uh, against UCD. And I think there's just decent things to come from him, him as well. Hopefully we can get Bogdan back in fairly soon as well. He'll give us another dimension. And um yeah, I think it's it's only going to improve from here. Like Jerry said, we got away with the we got away with it the other night. It's three points on the board early, second game. So for me, it's a little bit hairier than uh, we probably would have liked. But look, it's job done. So yeah, happy, happy, the, happy with the substitutions and and how positive and, and what kind of effect they had on the game. Actually, you know, finishing out. I think the timing of the substitutions is really important as well. I think you know we get to fifty five minutes and that's when he makes them. It's in around that anyway. Like, and he's just basically no shitting about. You know, just get, he sees the game needs to change, and you know he's not waiting and waiting and waiting and see does anything develop. Like we've seen under Buckley, unfortunately, where you know you were coming into the 88 minute, and then we started to see changes we made. Russell noticed that look, things weren't going to change quickly. We had given away another soft goal, so he had to make an impact on the game. And 
that's exactly what he done. And the two two changes were extremely positive. And I think as Dave was touching on with Stephanie, he, he looks the part. I think he's going to be a really good player for us. And Hartman is obviously showing flashes whenever he's playing. And he wins the penalty for us as well. He's part of that. But the only criticism I have of Hartman at the moment is that sometimes he's, you know, he's winning the ball maybe back at our centre circle, kind of centre of the pitch, and he's looking to beat people from there. And I just think that's a dangerous game to play because even against UCD there, like he loses the ball at one stage in the middle of the park and they're on an attack and it's needless. Just play a simple pass and then maybe look for the return and get yourself into space and then go and beat him at. But that's just been ultra critical of him. That is ultra critical. <laughs> no, no, but he's he's a, he's a really exciting player. Like you know, like we've kind of had exciting players before in the past, like with the likes of Morrison or Jalali or show me I show me age now, Sam. Like I suppose the thing with the likes of those two lads that I just mentioned that you know they were all kind of maybe flaring, trying to do the nice things. But I think Hartman has more to his game, and that you know he will try those you know you know, fancy stuff and all that. And he, normally it comes off from, but he's willing to put a shift into, I, I think, you know, I think he's, he's got more to his game than the, the, the likes of them. I, I, he's a really exciting player and it's just, just his feet are so quick. It's just, he's really exciting to watch. And you need that too. You need a couple of guys in there that are kind of a little bit different to the rest. But you need a bit of, you do need a bit of flair. Yeah. That was great to see Nile coming on. So what, what did he get booked for? Oh, he makes a professional foul. He's right though. In a situation where he has to, he just has to step across his man and you know make that foul in the center of the park there, getting a wee breakaway. Right, okay. I couldn't remember that. I just we so we we had uh, two bookings. Our disciplinary record, even though we picked up three Kinshans, um Radio Slavovich got booked for diving, and that was the second which wasn't card, a dive, which wasn't a dive, yeah. Um, yeah, but our, our like you can you that's another element of the side as well, yeah. That I think our discipline. Is I'd say John Russell's a drilled into them that we cannot afford to be picking up ridiculous um, yellow cards. You probably saw that in the Shams game as well, even though did Bulger get booked? You know, Bulger was nailed on for a, a yellow in every game. Every, you know, every game, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That's a sign of as well, though, Connor. That's a sign of a team that's well organized. Not even just that they're drilled in, you know, not being rash and challenges. It's actually that they're well organized and they're not being caught out of position so that they're having to put in rash challenges. Everyone it comes down to fitness too, though, doesn't it? Absolutely. And sharpness and mind. And, As and we touched on with Russell, or not Russell, with uh, Bulger against Shams, like, that's where you felt he was getting to those tackles a little bit quicker because he was that wee bit fitter this year. Yeah. You know, and it makes a huge difference. Even you see it with Browning against UCD. Like, I thought he was excellent the way he got around the pitch. You know, he's, he's breaking up little bits of play here and there and then playing smart passes. One or two went astray, but, you know, I think... We will touch on the pitch here, will we? Because like that's how that's allowed in this day and age is beyond me. I know we were no saints last year and what we brought to the table with a pitch. Rugby matches on a Thursday before a game on a Friday. Yeah, that's the problem. Tuesday a game before before a game on a Friday is crazy. Yeah, a, a soccer team and a rugby team sharing a pitch is just criminal and it shouldn't be allowed in what's basically a professional league now. Yeah, that's. And, you can you can see it even at Premiership level, like you know, say Brentford are sharing with London Irish, but like they have the facilities and the technology to maintain the pitch better than what say UCD would have. But like for a place that ha- the size of the campus, how can they not have a separate rugby pitch and a separate 
football yeah. pitch. That's what I thought as well when they, when they mentioned it. Yeah. I was really surprised about to actually hear that. Yeah, yeah. Because I like the lines. Not, like not the lines are just like. Too, aren't you? Which just sorry, the, the lines for the rugby pitch, like they're nearly burrowed into the pitch. They're so it's not like where someone's gone on with you know with the usual spray um lining machine. Like this is like the old fashioned thing where you'd be like, you know, uh slapping on the the, the line um and water. It's just I don't know. We 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 do look dangerous. Up. Every time we got into their twenty two we looked like we could go with <laughs> the risk of a trader, yeah. But it did kill our style of play as well because the players had to take it wasn't just taking two touches, you nearly had to take three touches before you could go at your pass again because you just didn't know what way it was going to bobble. You yeah. know, and even even judge the the weight of your pass and everything was a lot harder. You could see it in them, like you know, they were either having to go trying to put their foot through it or was it going to be too hard, too soft? It was a nightmare to play on. Yeah, for, and that's for both sides as well, like, but I don't think U C D or under Myler, I don't think they're the, the same kind of thing to have been over the you know, what you'd be used to with UCD even a nice passing side, but I think Myler's just more interested in results and rightfully so, I suppose. Anything else, lads, or anything? Or... No, just uh, talk here, Navarro had a very good game uh, in Tully's excellent. And also, I know um, I, my Ian in pyjamas on, uh, I know he <laughs> mistake at the start of the game, but I thought he was probably one of our most composed players on the ball after, uh, after that, so like credit to him because... Um, there's a stat out there, though, isn't there, Donald? Um, I think he had the most completed passes of any player yes, it, in, it, the, in the league. A, a couple of inter- interesting stats out, out of the game. There was the first time the Rovers have uh, come back twice uh, away from home in a league game since 1930-something or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's the first... Uh, Nando... Uh, sorry, not Nando. Uh, Max Mano was the first player to score a hat-trick away from home just like Rovers since Matthew Blinkhorn in 2012, I think it was. And uh, it's the first time we've come. We've we've got three points away from home from 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 being from a losing position. I think in since the seventies or something mad like that or something crazy. Anyway, so like yeah. it just goes to show the the mentality of the team. So it was great to see that. Yeah, and it was interesting to see those stats too. Yeah, it was actually I was I was watching the 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 Carabao Cup there earlier on and just the match analysis after the game and. Roy King was saying about, you know, look, they look like a happy bunch. And, you know, he they were talking about how Den Hag was making the right substitutions at the right times. And guys that were coming onto the pitch were making an impact. Um, and, you know, you, you could, there's definitely a correlation between the two in terms of, um, you know, decision making and players coming on and making a difference, which is great. Like, you know, before in the past, like sometimes guys would be coming on for rovers and they'd be like, nah. Do you know, nearly kind of, I don't know, not making an impact or sulking that they weren't playing. But like, you know, going back to the Shamrock Rovers game, as we said there last week, we made, I think, five substitutions and substitutions that were coming on uh, in the 91st minute were making an impact. And it was the same the last day. And I think that's the way the game has gone is that, you know, most teams seem to empty their bench um, because it's so high intensity and, and stuff like that. So. You know, again, it just shows you that we've really moved on in terms of squad depth and squad quality. Where last year we couldn't deal with the European games on top of the the the, the league games. So look, I think as the league goes on and you've got maybe other teams playing in Europe, I think we'll we'll probably benefit. Although obviously we'd love to be there ourselves, especially now we're more equipped for it. Like even having the fact that you've 
you know, Reese Hutchison, who was again another standout the other night, he was he was brilliant. And and especially in attacking sense, like that that chance in the at the start of the second half where he just anticipates that pass coming in, latches on and, and cuts inside and just hits it over the bar. Like that was it was excellent all around play, just really, really unlucky. But like, you know, he's been taken off and you had Danny Lafferty coming on. Like there's no drop in standard there. Yeah. You know, like that's We've no, we haven't had that in we ha, we haven't had that we've never had that yeah and there's some crazy there's some really good stats out there about Lafferty from last season as well in terms of I'm not exactly sure what it is but like in t- from from fullback position he had like the most assists or the most forward play you know his 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 stats are just unnatural so you know if you're able to bring him on to replace Hutchinson who I have been really um, impressed with. You know, it, you know, it's just it's great, great for us uh, going forward. Like in every sense of the word, like already in two games, like you've a you've a very varied um, outlook from the stats. Like you have a goal from Browning, you have an assist from Leback, and you have a hat trick from Max Matter. That's only in two games, so already we're seeing assists and goals. Like we've touched on this numerous times, coming from different areas of the pitch again, and this is what we've wanted and needed for a long time. You know that everyone is chipping in or in around the attacking areas, and like hopefully this is just a sign of things to come. Right, time now to give two cases of the White Hag. David McGee, you were in charge of your scorecast this week, and we have two lucky winners that'll get some White Hag goodness to their doorstep. Absolutely, yeah. So we we had over. 150 entries across all our social media platforms. So shout out to all the Bitterhead fans out there. Thanks a million for your engagement and interacting. Uh, we know you're there every week or watching every week. So we have two winners, as you said, Ronan. We have got Tina Flynn and we've got Damien Gannon. So get in touch with us uh, across our social media platforms or where you've entered. And we will set you on the right path to getting your case of White Hag. And we'll have two more cases for the draw of the game on Friday night and then two more cases for the Pats game on Monday night as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, after the game against UCD, we asked for shouts in the shout-in via WhatsApp voice note and we can hear those now. This is Sean from America. What a game. Went to UCD, came away with a big big win. Uh, team we generally st- struggle with. But uh, it's a great win. Three points. Uh, gifted them a couple of goals, but the heads never dropped. Performance stayed up, and after that first goal, we completely dominated them in the first half. Uh, second half, uh, they came back into it. Each time we went down, we came back in, tied it up. They gifted us a couple of penalties. One, maybe you could say we got back from uh, last week's uh, game against Shams but uh, all in all great great performance uh, thought the midfield was incredible um, back line was pretty good especially Clancy after his mistake he was exceptional the rest of the game uh, Frank what can you say about Frank that pass for the first goal was incredible and uh Max Matter. I've never really been a big fan of his, but I have to say, he went away during the break, worked on some things. He looks uh, like he's improved quite a bit. 
his hold-up play, his first touch, uh, much better than last year, and uh, hat trick. I mean, what can you say? Great. We got uh, another scoring leader, top of the league. So, all in all, great game. Uh, Barlow looked great. Um, I really think John Russell is doing a great job, with, especially with his subs. He's getting uh, Bolger off early, not trying to rinse him out. And uh, it, it looks like it's working great. we got plenty of options in the midfield, and Bolger looks like he's got more energy than he has in years. And, uh, and we're on the way. It's looking pretty good so far. Uh, see how it goes next week. Up the Rovers. That's your shouts from Shed End. Don't forget, after the game against Strada and the game against Pats, you can get them in on a WhatsApp voice note on 085-815-9767. And as well as that, if you have any topics you'd like us to cover or you have any questions for us, just feel free to let us know and we will do that also. Well, yeah, we did get a, we got a message in from uh, Spooky. Uh, he, uh, he messaged us via WhatsApp and he was given out about uh, the... Uh, he tends to sit on the first row of seats on the railway end, and um, he's very unhappy with the amount of traffic uh, moving left and right. A lot of young, younger people, younger fans, who uh, are blocking Spooky's view. I don't know what I don't know what we on the podcast can do about it. Um, maybe sit a few. You could sit a few seats further back, Spooky, or get one of those kind of um, those binoculars that uh, have raised. Uh, you know, they've got those kind of. The, other, the eye side and the other side like a periscope like, periscope exactly yeah a periscope uh, or um, you could you could just you could roar at the young ones walking by <laughs> you know roar really roar at them really like Father Jack or something like a real scene you know that, that, that's another alternative or, or, or alternatively the, the showgrounds could, or the, the Sligo Rovers committee could look at kind of digging a trench there behind the goal you know, so you see, so on the TV, you just see the heads bobbing by just above the <laughs> just above the advertising hoarding. <laughs> yeah. Th- thanks for the message, though. All the same, Spooky. Uh, 085-815-9767. Uh, just to, to mention as well, if you don't, you don't have to use the, the WhatsApp number, you can email us. You can email us, podcast at borst.ie. I think the trench is the best. The best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, trench, yeah. So delighted to say now we are joined by women's team striker Emma Doherty. Emma, first of all, you're very welcome along to the podcast. Thanks very much, ladies. Be on. So Emma, uh, season starts on Saturday against Shams. I suppose first of all, are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I'm really excited, especially with the pre-season we had as well. Like, I'm buzzing now. I just really want to get going. I suppose last season, you know, there was it was the first season in the league. How did you find that first season yourself? Was it a was it I suppose tough at times, but then you could you could you could mix it about a few times. It was definitely tough, especially for like a young player like me. Like it was a big step up because I'd only been playing in the underage leagues, the underage league of Ireland leagues, and then to step up and be playing with the like the best women players in the whole of Ireland. Like it was like it was hard at times, but then you get some good results, and it's just like the best thing ever. So now it was good as well. 
really good. How, how, how did you? How did your move to Slide Rovers come about? You know, you mentioned there you were playing with you're playing the underage leagues. You were playing with Donegal. How did the move to Slide Rovers come about? Um, I think I was actually in fifth year in school, and a fella came in from the college, and he was talking about like Sligo and stuff, and like a post had recently went up about uh the link between the Rovers women's team and the college. And then I stayed behind after and I like asked him about it. And then he was saying there was an open day and stuff. And then I think then Steve got in touch and he was like, oh, I'd love to have you down or whatever. And then I went to open day and the training was class. And then I went to a Rovers train session and I was like, oh, like I just want to sign now. Like I really wanted to play senior football because I was 17, I think, when I joined. And I didn't really want to play underage anymore. I wanted to like make the step up. So that's what happened there. And it was it was bone crying of hearts where you started off, first of all. Were you yeah. always a striker? Did you always want to score goals? Um, to be honest, I actually I think I was a midfielder at a point and a winger at a point and a striker at a point. So I was kinda of played all over the park anywhere bar defence, to be honest. I just love scoring goals like so yeah, no, I'd say striker is my favourite anyway. And if we were to go back to last season, you know, there was plenty of highlights for yourself personally, I suppose. But what would your main highlight have been from last season? Um, My main highlight would probably be beating Wexford or beating Shells. Like, the feeling after them games was amazing, especially because it was only our first season. Like, And I don't know, we just came, we just gelled so well, like so well together as a group. And then just to finally like get the reward of it was class. I think, uh, Emma, those, uh, you could see in a couple of the performances during the season, like definitely the the, the team spurred amongst yourselves was absolutely fantastic. Like, it's definitely the game against Shelburne was, like, I was lucky enough to be there. There was actually there was a crowd of young girls behind me and they kind of really generated, it was a great atmosphere at the game, you know, on, on the day. But to come back to what you did and, and beat them was, you know, it just, I suppose, it spoke volumes about the potential that there was on the side anyway, like, you know, so... Um, yeah, it was great. We're watching the couple of games that I did see last season. I, I really enjoyed you anyway, yeah. Yeah, no, it was class. And like, as you said as well, I think it was all down to the group of girls and how well we gelled together. Like, we were all just one big family nearly kind of thing. And last season as well, I suppose there was... Last season, actually, you got a bit of, I suppose, international recognition as well. How much pride do you take yourself, I suppose, in, in representing your country? Like, playing for your country is something that probably can't really be top like it's always like it's something that you've always wanted to do um I'm actually coming to the end of my underage now so that's we just have the European qualifiers now in April time so after that then that's me kind of done with Ireland but hopefully if I can keep trying to knock on the door maybe at the senior level I'd love to get in there like obviously that's everybody's dream but it's going to be hard to get there like it seems like uh, Vera Powell, she doesn't seem, I don't know, does she take much stock in the in the, in the the Irish League, does she? Or... I don't really know what like what her plans are, to be honest. I see there's like two girls got picked there for a camp in Spain or whatever, but there was like 20, around 23, 24 girls up at the home base or whatever, and she might pick an odd one, like, but for the World Cup, I don't know. How likely it actually is like score hat trick on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> the, not, not that you need to put yourself on the map, but give her a give her a headache anyway for sure. Yeah. And there's been plenty of talk, I suppose, on the international front, there's been plenty of talk about the impact of qualification for the World Cup. You you're in the middle of it, like is it 
do you see there's more popularity grown for for women's football in this country and around the northwest area? Definitely, like even up at home, there's more girls looking to join, and there just seems to be a more general interest about the place. Like, and like whenever I was growing up, you wouldn't really have had that many football role models. Like, I would have looked up to like Ronaldo or someone, but there was never any like like female kind of ones, if you get me. But I feel like now for girls growing up, that there is there is always somebody to look up to, which is a good thing. Like, and that's gonna just grow the amount of girls that. Want to play now, and we can look ahead to the new season starts on Saturday against Shams. I suppose it's a you'd be hoping to, to to pick up some some more wins this season. Yeah, definitely. I think there's no better time to get Shams than the very first game of the season, like especially because they're a new team as well. But hopefully, we can finish higher than we did last year anyway, and I think we'll be happy with that and see how things go. And there's been a few, I suppose, new faces to the club, but certainly not new to yourself. The two lockeries. Signed the club. Yeah, like we and the lockers have been playing with each other since we were about I'd say eleven or twelve. Like so we've always been playing, like we know how each other play and even in training as well. We like we link up well, like it never really went away. Like and then Casey as well, she's brilliant. I think she's somebody that we really needed added to her team, like and she's gonna bring so much to us. Is it safe to say you were involved in tapping up the two girls, so <laughs> Kind of, I, I'll kind of call myself an agent for that. Um, no, not really. See, that's all down to Steve. But I was always kind of getting on to the lockeries about, oh, you still be in red next season and stuff. But no, I can't take too much of it. And for anyone who's not aware, I suppose, if we were to describe the lockeries and Casey, what kind of player and the new signings, Serene Ward, what sort of players can support us look forward to seeing this season? I think the main thing from them is like they're so hardworking. Like so hard working, you'll never have any doubt in them for that there. And for likes of like Casey as well, like she's so skillful, like she's just full of surprises kind of. And so is all the girls to be honest. And Saren as well, she's a brilliant girl. She'll bring so much to the team. And especially like Jodie and Carrie as well. They were playing internationally, like they have loads of experience and stuff. So they'll bring massive amounts to the team. Even for yourself, just in regards to the experience coming into the side with the the rest of the girls that have played at international level, level as well. How important do you think it is bringing that back to the Sligo Rovers team with it being such a new side and just starting out, you know, to have you already involved at the at basically the highest level you can play in it for your age and bringing that back into a side like Sligo Rovers. How important do you think that is? Um, no, I actually think it is really important because like even before I was in with Sligo Rovers, like I would have been away internationally and you would have learned about like keeping high standards and stuff and then when you go into side rovers like Steve's kind of looking for the same thing as well like he's always demanding high standards of each other and just like it's just like the simple things kind of that you take back and I think it helps the group as well whenever you do come back and you do show like that bit of experience that you have it definitely pushes the group on to be better like and can I touch on as well the the ATU team that you're playing on, that, that's going well as well? Yeah, we're doing really well now. I think we're in a quarterfinal and the final now, so we haven't lost a game yet anyway, I don't think. Yeah, no, hopefully we can keep going. Like We actually have a really strong team this year as well, so hopefully we can win the league and then maybe get promoted to the Premier Division next year. And there's a good bit of overlap between the players on the Sligo Rovers team and the players on the ATU team as well. Yeah, there's like four or five of us, like, and then... Jay and James is there as well, so and Leah as well. They're coaches, so Rovers are in a good bit anyway. 
No, I think, you know, I remember speaking to you last year when yourself and Aidan won the Player of the Month Awards, wasn't it? The two of you. Yeah. I remember you saying about your travel. You were heading down to Cork that weekend. Oh, yeah. And you were you were leaving from home. Like, you're not leaving from Sligo with the guards. You were leaving a couple hours beforehand. Yeah. And up and down in the one day. Like, I don't think, I don't think people realise exactly the, the commitment you're showing to Sligo Rovers. You know, no, yeah, really, it is massive, especially. It's not so bad this year now because I'm actually living down here, but I was just saying there that, like, last year I would have been travelling two hours. Like, I wouldn't even have got home from school and then going straight to training and then come maybe back at, like, 12 o'clock. And then every home match is an away game, kind of, yeah. for us, like, up in Donegal. But it's a lot easier now, anyway, with college and stuff. But it was such a big commitment last year, especially with school and the leaving certain stuff as well. It was massive. And how have you found that now so far? Obviously, you haven't kicked into the season full gear yet, but even throughout pre-season and stuff, you know, has it been a little bit easier on the body? It's been so much easier. Like, I remember coming home, like, from training and getting up at seven in the morning for school, and I'd be late half the time because of training the night before, and I'd just be so tired. Like, I think the travelling takes it out of you more than anything, but, no, you notice a massive difference now. Like, I only have to walk across the road for training. Like, it's so handy. So what you're saying is we can expect an extra 10 goals on your return. <laughs> well, Saving all the energy. <laughs> <don't we? laughs> Hopefully. The best of luck, Emma. We're really looking forward to seeing you uh, do your thing. And um, no doubt you'll be doing this proud all season long. And I say hopefully you really do hope that you, you score three against Shams on Saturday evening. <laughs> Thanks, Marillion. Thank no you. Problem. Hope so as well. Right, we'll look ahead now. There's another game to look forward to this weekend um, on Saturday night at 5 o'clock in the showgrounds. The women's team kick off their season at home to Shamrock Rovers, who are new to the league. Uh, David, I suppose Shamrock Rovers are going to an unknown quantity, but I suppose we're speaking from a Sligo Rovers perspective. Um, there's a few new faces to look forward to seeing at the showgrounds on, on Saturday evening. Yeah, absolutely, Ronan. It's great to have it back. Um, the women's team were, were, were really, really good last year. Um Many will say they overachieve, but you know, having watched a couple of the games, they played some really good stuff, and Steve had them had them looking really, really good. Played some good football, um, as you said, they were unknown quantity, but they've kept the majority of their squad, which is great for continuity. You know, the, the familiar face have got to know each other. Emma Hansbury's back. Obviously, we've got a number of um, graduates. Emma Doherty, who's been on the pod this week as well. Pixie O'Hara is back. You've got an exciting prospect in um, in Alice Lilly coming through from the from the under 17s and 19s as well. So. Things are shaping up along with the new additions. They've uh, they've got some, uh, obviously, with the injury to the keeper last year. Jeez, I'm losing the name. Kirsten Sample. Name. Kirsten Sample, that's the one. Um, obviously, Kirsten's moved on. So, Anais Coyne has come back in. And we've obviously got Bonnie McKiernan in as well. So, look, some, some good competition there for Amy Mahan between the sticks. We've got um, Casey Howe coming in as well in an attacking sense. And we've got the two Lockwigs coming in. Um, as well. So look, a few new faces to add to what we already have. You know, we we had a memorable win at home to Shelburne, who were in and around the Champions League. I think at that stage, or in and around their campaign. So, yeah, I think it's exciting times for them. Um, there's a fantastic academy there. Um, Steve's brought a few through, as we mentioned, Pixie and now Alice Lilly as well, and and there's a number that are still underage for that as well. So, yeah, it's it's great to have it back. I'm sure Steve and the, and the, the ladies are chomping at the bit to get going. Um, so yeah, bring on Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon in the in showgrounds. I suppose the the men's team got the draw against Shams. That was a a great result to get. But I suppose it's 
they're it is the first game of the season, so you could say it is it's easy to get up for. But I expect the fact that it's it's Shams as well. It's it's you know even more reason to get up for it. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's the men. The men got Shams, and and what a game to start with. Um, Shams women's team is are new to the league this year as well, and they'll be going out with a point to prove to show that yes, it's our first it's our first season in the in the league. But you know. They have to come to us and they have to go and earn a result. And and our girls have, have done that last year. They know what it's like to be the newcomer. They know what it's like to have that unknown quantity. They know what it's like to have people maybe doubt you as well. So I think both teams are going to be well up for the game. Shams, I don't know a hell of a lot about. I'll be completely honest. But I do know that they have recruited a number from Shelburne. They have took a few in from Piedmont. Um, so look, they're going to have broad quality in, but... Our girls are, are quality as well. They've got that year experience in the National League under their belt and that's going to be massive to them. They know what's expected. They know the standards that are there. They know that the standards and the performance levels that, that are due to play in the National League and without Steve, uh, Jason and the backroom team will have them right up for this game. And the additions uh, are, are real quality as well. Just good competition for places there. So I think I think that's all going to be positive for the girls going, going forward this season. Ahead of the game against Drogheda on Friday night, we caught up with Drogheda fan Luke McQuillan. So I guess you're happy enough anyway with um, the initial start of the season and particularly the draw against... Uh, well, were you happy with the, the draw against Shamrock Rovers despite the fact that they were down to nine at one stage? Yeah, I think, I suppose you could say if we were probably asked that at 7.45 on Friday night, would we have taken a point? I'm sure many Drogheda fans would have taken your hand off for it, but... At the same time, when you look at the game overall, I think first half Shamrock Rovers like they were beat, like they did look good. Um, like I was only looking at the team sheet before the game, and I was looking at the bench and who they have on the bench and who didn't even get on. It's just it is frightening, like it is, it is scary. Like, but you know, then overall, I think they they did create a lot of chances in the first half. Kali uh, McCabe had to make a few good saves, um, and then obviously second half. You know, I thought Drada were still they Drada were creating, but just sort of were lacking that sort of final ball. Um, you know, to you know get in behind or whatever, just that killer pass they they, they were missing. And then second half, then obviously Rovers took a an early enough lead in the second half, um, or in the fifty second minute, I think it was. And then just from then on, I think like the game sort of swung. Then I think it towards Drada, and then obviously the red cards. I think I do think they were both red cards. I think they're just stupid tackles from from both of their centre-halves on yellow cards, like, you don't do it, you know what I mean? And uh, I think they were both red cards and then, obviously, Drada hit the post, eventually got the goal and then even at the end, then they could, I think they could have had a penalty. Um, I really do think they could have had a penalty and, you know, on another night, maybe you get that penalty and you win the game 2-1 and suddenly then we're, we're talking about a great three points. But, look, overall, I'm happy enough with the points but, at the same time, you're nearly looking at it as if as if it's two points dropped, and I think that as well is 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 a uh, you know shows how well actually draw it done in that second half. Um, to to be you know disappointed that you didn't actually come away with the win against the team who have been champions for the last three years, like you know. Are you um in the likes of uh, Rooney and Brennan, Dara Markey, Um, you've got plenty of attacking potential. Um. Do you are you looking for a stronger uh, performance across the season this year than that of last? Yeah, of course. You, you know, of course, we would be great. But like, I think even last year they done really well. Um, 
I think Brennan chipped in with a lot of goals. You know, Dale Rooney as well got got a few goals as well towards the the latter uh, part of the season. Um, some important goals. He scored two crackers against Shells and Derry, and um, two very important goals they were in the season. And um, then like, like he scored one of the last games of the season against Finn Harps. So overall, like I think they, they were both uh, they both chipped in with good goals. Obviously, Marky as well chipped in with a few, but um, I'm sure he'd be looking to add more goals to his, his game this year. And then obviously we've got the the lone e from Lincoln, uh, Freddie Draper up front who has looked a real threat, a real, real threat. He hasn't scored yet, but he's been heavily involved in, in, in the two games in the league this year. He was, you know, he causes defensive trouble. He's He links in with the two wingers very well. He brings on, um, you know, he, he he's very strong. He's fast. He can get in behind as well. He's a tall lad as well. So um, he's an athlete, like, and uh, he, he'll, I think he will, once he gets that first goal under his belt, I, I have a feeling he will score a few goals for Drada in his, in his, in his long period that he will be with the club. So, um, obviously it's great to have that sort of link there with Lincoln, you know what I mean? That they can that they can give us the the, the two lads, uh, Alicia Huey as well from uh, he's a right back, he's very, very good as well. It's has done really well since he's come in as well. So um it's good to have that relationship sort of brew from last year after we had Sam Long and Sean Rowan both with us, two lads who are brilliant and have gone on now as well and are playing first team football with their respectable clubs. So look, um it's good, you know. That's a like a, an unofficial a connection between the two clubs is it's not that's what I've that's the word that I've seen used in relation to the the uh, relationship between uh, Drada and Lincoln. Yeah, exactly. It isn't. There's no official sort of connection there. I think it's just from it happened that you know uh, Drada you know, had we're lucky enough to get the two lads on loan from last year, and and then they've seen what that has done for them. Like Sean Rowan's playing week in week out for Lincoln now in League One, and um, he scored only last week as well. And then you've got Sam Long, who's on loan at the minute at Bromley. Um, I think they're non-league or they might be league too I think they're non-league and um, so like you know they're, and he's playing as well so um, they would have seen the benefit it had um, for the two lads and, and I'm sure they were, they they look at the players they have there now younger lads they look to them and say can we send them across can we you know give them the draw them draw the, can they bring them on because they'll be playing first team football at a high league um, you know in a good environment and that so it, it can only bring them on as players and especially as as people as well you know what I mean and you know, sending them across to a different country, having them they're putting up in houses and and you know having them live and you know live for themselves in a different country and you know going and playing with a different club that's completely different to the sort of level that they're used to playing at. But as well, if they're playing underage football and you know if they're playing, you know under twenty trees and you know there's no use of that. You know what I mean? Get them in and and you know get them into the League of Ireland and that because like like. You know, you look at the atmospheres that to be at games, you know, sold out games. Uh, some of the players in the league that are coming in and they're going across as well. So it, it, they're looking at the league as a as a platform for their younger players that they can, you know, send across and and draw it. And and I'm sure other clubs as well are, will be looking for at it as well. You know. So ahead of uh, Friday night, um, mm. are are Drada fans going into that game with a sense of confidence? Look, I think you can be confident from the the two games that we've had so far, but you obviously have to be a bit bit cautious as well. I think Sligo are a good team. Um, I think you know they've had a decent enough start. I know they 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 obviously got a point against Shamrock Rovers and then they came back late against uh, against UCD. So they they'll be happy with the start that you know you have had, and I'm sure you are happy with with what you've seen so far. I know there was a few hairy moments against UCD the other night, but look, he's, he's got the win in the end. Um, but look, um, I'm sure you know it'll be a good game. Hopefully another sold out, you know, I mean, sort of 
sell out home end anyways and and hopefully that you know there'll be a good atmosphere in there and, and we make it difficult for Sligo. Like I think Sligo was a bit of a team that we, we struggled against last year. Um, you know, at home getting beat I think they you'd spell us actually three times and we only drew once to you. So like I think you've got a, had a fairly good record against us last year. So hopefully that they can use that as a bit of a a momentum and look two different teams this year obviously as well so um we'll we'll see what they, we'll see what happens Friday night I think it'll be a good game though. Look, you've coughed up an awful lot of chances in your first two games this year. Um, has your style of play changed slightly? Obviously, Kevin has to deal with what he has. You know, you're on a reduced budget and everything else. You're not going to have loads of flair players within the squad, so you seem to have gone a bit more direct. But defensively, you seem to be quite open. I'd actually, I'd actually disagree. To be honest with you, look, I know you might look at the highlights and say that draw to have coughed up a few chances, especially against Shells. I thought they did. There was chances for Shells that probably the Matty Smith one. I'm sure we've seen it everywhere on the internet. You know what I mean? It's a bad miss, but I think realistically, I think defensively we have been quite good, solid. To be honest, like I, I think the the two fullbacks have done quite well, and especially Connor Keely at the back. I think he's been outstanding for us, absolutely outstanding. So I think defensively we we have looked strong. Um. I actually think it's more sort of going forward that we've looked a bit bit more, you know what I mean? Like, where's the goals sort of going to come from? But there is goal scorers in the team. Ryan Brennan will score goals. You know, Dale Rooney will will chip in. Freddie, I have a feeling once Draper gets going, he will he will chip in with a few goals as well. But I don't, I, I wouldn't tend to agree with the whole thing about the defence of being open. But I would say the style of play probably has changed. But yeah, it's it it is an interesting one, but look, it is still very early as well in the season. So like you, you can't really sort of make the comment on a on a style of play yet for any team, really, you know. And just in regards then to um, it, it is Felix, the centre half, isn't it that you've got in Keely? Yeah, from uh, he signed him from Ballymena United up north, so he done quite well up there. And I know a lot of their fans were very disappointed to lose him. So and I know there was other clubs in the League of Ireland that were after him. So uh, it was great that we actually did get him in. Yeah, I've seen one or two raving about him actually in his first. Mm, very good. He's been really very, very good. Yeah, very, very good. He's very strong, big lad. Like he, he's not an awful lot gets by him, and you know, I think he he could have had a goal or even two against Shamrock Rovers the other night. There was he was actually ended up just going striker with, which which is actually quite funny when you think about it. Like Drada having, uh, playing against Shamrock Rovers and our centre half going striker trying to snatch a winner. Um, it's something I never thought I would have probably been saying, uh, at the start of the season. So, uh, look, you know what I mean. Football's a strange old game. Uh, are are you getting um are you getting the same kind of uh, bounce in Drogheda crowd wise as the rest of the league? Are you you selling out? What sort of numbers are you getting? Yeah, the game the other night was sold out. Um, and there was people actually coming up to the door looking for tickets on on uh, Friday morning, still looking for tickets. And I know there was a lot of people that were disappointed that they didn't get to the game. But I think you kind of have to be fast if you want to get to the games. I think it's it's great, obviously, to see. It's not just with Drogheda, and I'm sure. All the other teams, I know you're sold out fairly early enough against Shamrock Rovers as well. So um, it's great to see, you know what I mean? The interest is there in the league. And I think with better infrastructure, better stadiums, all this, you know what I mean? We can we could really, you know what I mean, build this league up. But um, yeah, look, there definitely is a bounce and the crowd's great. Atmosphere is great. A lot of younger people coming in. It's, it's really good to see, you know, um, especially the younger generation coming in because they're what's going to be coming to the league, you know what I mean, over the next couple of years. So. Um, hopefully now we can continue with that, you know. What's the surface like in United Park? Yeah, look, the the, the pitch is perfect. You know what I mean? And the pitch is perfect. It's, it's it is one of the I think it's one of the nicest grounds. I think it's one of the nicest pitches in the league. Uh, obviously you know the ground, what it's like, lads. Like, you know what I mean? There's no sugar cone, it's not it's not in the best sort of, you know what I mean, condition. But look, 
the the pitch is perfect. Um, you know the the groundsmen they do such a good job on it. They they actually didn't even let the lads train on it during preseason at all. So, um, obviously, look, we we obviously have a, an actual training ground that Drada can train in, but because we're not obviously not lucky enough for that, but we have, you know, a park that they do use. Um, so they didn't even use that during preseason. So you know the pitch is in perfect nick. Um, and you know there's a game on it now tomorrow night against Usher in the Leinster Senior Cup quarterfinal, but. I'm sure by come Friday it'll still be in, in, in good condition anyways. What kind of team will you feel for that, for the Leicester Senior Cup, considering you believe you're yeah. Will you take that seriously at all or just kind of a load of young lads? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's one I've been trying to trying to put my finger on. I don't know. I think, look, you, you'll probably have a mix. There will definitely be one or two lads that didn't play on Friday that probably were disappointed not to play, that will play. Um, one or two lads that have injuries, maybe it's a good opportunity for them to, you know, who are coming back from injury anyways maybe it's a good opportunity for a few of them to, to jump in there but it's a, cu- it's a cup at the end of the day I'm sure they would, they'd be happy enough to win it but I also think that they will feel they're fairly weak inside but I'll be interested to see I'd, I'd say be, you'll have one or two that might play from Friday but I, I have a feeling that it'll be a lot of the lads who are on the bench from the game on uh, Friday night uh, Finally Luke do you want to give us a, a prediction? i tell you what lads I think it's going to be a good game Um, I, I, I think I can I can see it going either way, to be honest. Um, but I, I, I'll go one off. Right, lads. Final part of this week's show. Um, we'll look ahead to... There's two games to look forward to. First of all, on Friday against Pats. Sorry, against Strada. Away from home. And then it's Pats at home, the showgrounds, on the Monday. Sean, it's going to be two tough, difficult games. But I suppose we'll start with the Drogheda one. Uh, Luke was on about the threat that they pose, I suppose. But it's uh, they're a dangerous side, but certainly... We'd be well able to 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 pick up the three points in Drada on Friday night. Yeah, it's something I think we should definitely be aiming for as three points. I think it's it's a very winnable game for us. Um, as I said to Luke on it, like they have coughed up an awful lot of chances in the two games. I think in total it's thirty three or something like that. Something scary. Um, so for an attacking side like like ourselves, like we've shown we we can create loads. So there's going to be opportunities for us there, but. It's a case we have to be we have to be clinical, um, because they do have experience up top, so they will take their chances when they come along, and that's they're going to be a threat no matter what. Um, Kevin Doherty, his teams play for him, they'll work hard for him all day. You know, they're an honest side, but you know there's going to be nothing nothing fancy about them. So we just got to be switched on. We've got to be disciplined, and. I think that we will, in fairness, and if we just cut out the mistakes, that will, the likes of what we had against UCD, I think we'll be fine. I think we will get through it. We won't hammer them by any means, but I think 1-0, maybe 2-0, I think we should be okay. And David, like it's it's, it's a tough place to go, but as we saw last year, that we were, we were well able to, to pick up a result up there. Albeit, I know, it's a different team, and there's a different manager for the 3-0 win, but, you know, certainly... As Sean mentioned, the players are there to, to, you know, to pick up the win. Yeah, absolutely. Again, you got to be positive going forward. Excellent performance and a point, and unfortunate not to take all three against Shams. Job done. Uh, away to UCD. Early three points points on the board is always going to be breeding confidence in the squad. As Sean said, it's it's not going to be an easy game. It never is up there. You know, they're always sticky. There's a lot of players coming in um, and a high turnover of of personnel on both sides. I fully expect us to to have shored up a little bit. I think John will have done his done his homework on them, obviously, but will have done the the work to 
to capitalise on the errors that we made on Friday night against UCD. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a very tight game. 1-0, maybe 2-1 to, to ourselves. Um, always got to be positive looking towards these predictions. So, yeah, I, it, it's going to be a tight one, but I, I think we'll come away with three points. I, I love going to United Park. It's it's a horrible road over to it, but I love the kind of character, the ground and the closeness to the pitch and stuff like that. So I think uh, there'll be a big crowd travelling over as well. There's a couple of buses going and stuff like that. So um, we had a great crowd actually against UCD, about three to 400. So I think if we can bring that again, probably plus a few more, it'll be a great atmosphere. Uh, as in terms of predictions or anything like that, I'd love to see us keep a clean sheet. Really, really, I think that's the next thing that we need to look towards to to keep a clean sheet. Having said that, I can see us probably winning 2-1, but I'd love to see us winning 2-0. And look, you know, as the boys were saying, look, you know, technically we have the better team, and but the pitch is small, the pitch is tight. They're going to go maybe a little bit route one, get physical, second balls, things like that. So we just need to be on our toes and, you know, in terms of like you know, scraping technical and all that, but we need to put the the fight into so because it's uh, it's 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 like kind of maybe going to Bramall Lane or something like that uh, back in the day or Plough Lane, not Bramall Lane. And Connor yourself, I'm a little bit more apprehensive about this game than uh, the UCD game because when I guess the UCD was kind of well, for me anyway, they were a completely unknown quantity, and uh, like we discussed with uh, Luke McQuillan there, I think that they do possess a little bit of quality going forward in the players that we mentioned, Darren Markey and, um, and Brennan. And uh, who was the other one we mentioned? Uh, um, oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like they have a bit of, have a little bit of firepower though. But if you look at the stats from the, what a quick uh, review of the, the possession, like against Shamrock Rovers, Sham's still in 55% possession throughout that game against um, Drodd's 45, like, you know, which and you would have thought that, they would have considered the new market advantage that they had. They would have had profession. They would have had advantage in race to possession as well. So I think we should be well equipped. And I'd agree with Jerry if we can keep it. If we can keep a clean sheet, we'll win the game. Don't. I think it's. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it's going to be one of those games where the first goal is going to be absolutely huge. The other side, but I suppose it's going to be the best surface that we've played on um, in the season to date. So I think that's definitely going to suit us as well. I know the pitch is tight. But it, the, certainly the, the surface there is going to suit our side of play. Uh, it's a fine, in fairness, the, the Drada fans are always very, very vocal. And I think if we go behind, it will be quite difficult to get back. But I, again, like the lads, I would say hopefully a clean sheet and first goal is going to be massive in the game. Uh, I do think we're going to win. I think we're going to win 3 1. Sean looks with making the face there. No one positive. I like that 3 1 is sound. 3 1 is sound. Kayla, Barrow's going to it's going to bury a free kick class as well. It's, it's the only matter of time before that happens. So yeah, that's coming. That's definitely coming. Like I think a small tight pitch will suit the likes of Kayla, you know, because he has such quick feet and you know he's quick thinker. Uh, likewise, likewise Hartman stuff like that. So I think uh, you know, look, small pitch has its drawbacks, but if you're a good technical player and you're quick, quick, quick footed and quick mind, happy days. Do we do we anticipate any changes ahead of the two games? Hard to know. I know people were saying about Hartman maybe replacing Frank, but I thought Frank was very, very effective. And you know, going back to the first goal that we got against UCD, like his his passing to Mata was was excellent. Um, so he was quiet. Really though, too many changes. He was quite. I mean, he did he did more than enough in creating the goal, but he, he was quiet against UCD. I thought. 
I thought yeah. the lad Norris at left back had a brilliant game for UCD on him. To be fair, he 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 stuck tight to him and didn't didn't allow Frank to get turned and actually get running at him. You know what I mean? He kept his back to goal a lot of the time, which doesn't suit Frank. But I thought the left back done well on him. But like that again, he is one of the biggest moments in the game with the assist. So Brown. maybe that's what maybe, maybe takes. Sorry, don't go on. I was just thinking like uh, Browning's in for some uh, 90 minutes with Gary Deegan playing in midfield for them. Like he's got, <laughs> he's, he's going to have his eyes open to the League of Ireland uh, when he's playing against Daffin anyway. He's going to witness the dark arts, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be great, correct for him. But we've two Morning, draw it up. Two, like there is yeah. going to be a bit of support competition. So like, so. Yeah. And there's another game to look forward to as well, lads. It's the Pats game on Monday night. Uh, Sean, it's a, uh, it's a chance to play at home again as well as it was and you know get a good crowd in and hopefully get the first home win of the season yeah um, to be honest with you if we were to pick up a, a win in Drada I wouldn't be too pushed if we didn't win the game against Pats if we got a draw I'd be delighted with that but um, I think that yeah the result I'd be looking for there is all depending on what happens in Drada judging off the highlights and stuff of watching the Pats games they haven't been amazing but they've got the results and I think that's the big thing you have to take away from in the first two games. And when you see Owen Doyle scoring goals like he did, you know, you have to be very wary of that. He's always going to be a threat. They have a good squad, in fairness to them. They've, they've assembled a very good team. So hopefully we're getting them at the right time before they've gelled as well. You know, it'll be it'll be amazing if we could get two wins in the next two games. That would set us up brilliantly. But I'd be just as happy with four points as well from the two of these games coming up. Yeah, not a huge amount to add to that. Um, depending on how the game goes on Friday night against Strada. Take a win there, you take a point on Monday night. Ultimately, why not try and go on and, and be, be positive and, and add three more on um, against Pats. Four points on the board like ourselves, not playing fantastic, but again, have, have got four points on the board. So, you know, if they're not, if they're not firing on all cylinders, but they are getting the results um, without the performances, then, then that tells you a lot about that. But yeah, look, I, I take four points all day. Uh, come Tuesday morning, I'd be quite happy with that. Absolutely. I think. I, um, I think if we pick up six points though in the next two games, we're winning the league. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're in our own heads, anyways. <laughs> Jesus, Jerry, that's great. That's a double this year for over. So happy days because we're going to win the cup like we did in '83. So we're we're laughing. Yeah, yeah. Connor, you had a good point though earlier on about um, about Pat's year. You know, in terms of where they're going to finish in the league. I think they're going to be right up there. And I heard something interesting during the week as well in relation to Owen Doyle. Like, you know, we kind of thought that, you know, halfway through the start of last season, or halfway through last season, we kind of thought that we, we dodged the bullet because he wasn't putting, he wasn't being as, uh, well, he wasn't scoring the goals that I think many people anticipated. Um, but uh, I learned during the week that he spent an awful lot of the, the start of, or the first half of, half of last season traveling over back to the UK, getting stuff tied up, obviously, with him moving back to Ireland and back to Dublin. Uh, but in the second half of the season, he scored. He was the highest goal scorer over the duration of the second half of the season, and he's already bagged one last week. So, um, you know, Owen Doyle could be just you know raring to rip the league up again. You know, so I, look, I do. I think they're going to be right up there. I think, um, you know, with you know, Shams always have shaky starts to the season, but if they if they have a ropey a ropey season, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Pats in second place, possibly behind Derry. People always say about um, UCD are our bogey side. Um, but I think our bogey side is St. Pat's. Um, and not that we're better than them or anything like that, but we're normally kind of toe-to-toe with them. 
But uh, even going back to like the likes of come back years and years, they always seem to get the the one over on us. Uh, you know, we could be third, they could be fourth, or vice versa, or fourth, fifth, and sixth. They always seem to get a result against us. It's a shame this game is on a Monday night. Yeah, it's it's an absolute like when you think about it too. Like all the home teams that played on the first first game of the season, they're all then the next their next game is like two weeks away on a Monday. Like such a momentum killer. Like it just you 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 couldn't you couldn't put a fix a set of fixtures together that could be more detrimental to momentum in terms of the the teams that played at home first. Like it's just so stupid. Like. There's no no reason at this stage of the season to be playing Monday night games. Whatever about maybe in, in summertime when the weather's better and kids are off school and stuff like that. You know, like, we're supposed to be promoting the league and, you know, yourselves, lads, from having kids and stuff like that. And, Jesus, like, Monday's a killer. Like, you know, you're trying to get set up for the week and it's hard to get out out of the house, never mind out to a game. I think uh, I think we, we, certainly from last season, we definitely will pass... A couple of a couple of, like I know we bet them the first game last season, but like they were lucky against us a couple of times last season. And if we're if we have any kind of realistic aspirations to finish in the top four, we have to be beating teams like Pats at home. I actually I I I think they've signed a centre midfielder as well. He's supposed to be very very good as well, haven't they? Or there's some new signing. I can't think of his name now, but he's supposed to be very impressive. But we met uh, a distinguished pundit on the way back from from uh, on. Um, <laughs> On Friday night, who was at the the Pats game, and he says it was one of the worst games in football he's ever seen. It was brutal, and Pats were quite lucky. Alan Cawley. <laughs> I didn't mention any names though, but no, but like uh, yeah, he didn't say anything wrong. He didn't say anything so, bad. No, but but at the same time, he like he thought it was a very very poor game. I wouldn't. I would say that they probably haven't hit top gear yet either. So, like, and by all accounts, Shelburne were actually the better side. I know you wouldn't want to be listening to Damien Duff, but from several different kind of. Uh, pundits shells did seem to be the better team so but I haven't said that too is, is look we always struggle against Pats always no matter if we're equal in the table they always seem to get the, the one over on top of us so if we were going to say how many points come actually yeah come next Monday night at 10 o'clock how many points nine will we have on the table nine Sean from the from the three games yeah uh, seven David? Six. Jerry? Who's, who's losing there, David? I think Shams have recruited very well. Yeah, yeah sorry, it's, Steve. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, I'll go with four. Connor? I think if we took if we take four points from the two men's games, it'd be great. And if if the girls can get some sort of uh, result against Sherlock Rovers, it'd be great. I think there's going to be... What, what about you, Ronan? What do you think? Seven. The win against Jordan. The women will be pumped up for the game against Shams. They'll tear into them. Go on. Uh, those lockers are going to absolutely tear into them. Give them nothing. And then Midority's going to score. I'd say, that, yeah, draw against Pats on the Monday night. I'd say, if I was to predict. We'll take that. Thank you, Donald. Thank you, Roland. Fair play to you. Thank you, Sean. Cheers, Roland. Thank you, David. Thanks very much, lads. Thanks, Roland. Thank you, Jerry. Cheers, boys. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Roland. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Donald. Thank you, David. We went two and up. Thanks, Connor. And I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud. I went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. North. Elton.
the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stands out! 1-1! It's brilliant! 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 Here comes Bigley. Yeah.